Forgotten Flicks, episode 35, The Goonies, 1985. Hello and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast. I am Joel and joined as always by that most dubious of hosts, Jason. Hey, you guys! <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you gotta definitely add the because <laughs> that's what sells it. Love, love, junk. Yes. So, Jason, are you experiencing just a little deja vu? Yes. Um, what? <laughs> what? Huh? Okay. <sighs> So, <laughs> praying that we do not have to record the first uh, 15 minutes of the show yet again, we will go directly into feedback after I point out that this is the Goonies episode. That's right, folks. The episode you have been waiting for for at least six episodes. I don't know when we first mentioned that we might eventually do a Goonies episode. Uh, it's been like 10 episodes. Yes, Jason and I actually, before we even started recording the Forgotten Flicks podcast, had discussed doing a double feature of the Goonies yep. with another movie. And in the end of this show, we will reveal what that other movie is. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't hey, take wasn't up. this supposed to be, wasn't this supposed to be like, uh, episode four? Yeah. And then I like completely four, bailed. Five? This yeah. was like, yeah. And you're like, no, nah, I want to do that. Let's do something. Yeah. This is when I was going through my fickle 15 year old girl phase <laughs> where <laughs> last week. Yeah, pretty much where I, I decided that, you know, Three days before we were supposed to record our show, I was like, I don't know if I feel like we see in that movie right now. I don't know. The end of the road. I don't know. And I watched it then, and I rewatched it again. Yeah. Sorry about that. So no. we will we will get right into it. We're going to go into feedback. Um, and, of course, afterwards, we will talk about the Goonies, and then we will do our six flicks picks. So, Jason, without further ado, would you like to get a little feedback going? I'd like to get some feedback. Okay. Hey, it's Peter calling. Hey, you guys. Huh? Huh? Yeah, that's about it. Well, I got that's, yeah, for this episode. So, uh, pick out your eyes. Bye. Nah, just kidding. Of course, that's not all. First of all, I'm sorry for not calling in the last couple of weeks. I was going to call in on the Robocop episode. I actually even rewatched it to be up to speed, so to speak. But I fell asleep, which is kind of amazing, considering the amount of coffee I drink. Let's see now. Uh, Transfers. Poor Daryl, huh? You set him up with the whole Stephen Jeffries filmography, huh? But it was yeah, hilarious. Romancing the Stone. Mila Jovovich. Jovovich, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, well, you had me on the on the street, more or less, rolling, laughing. Oh, my God. Uh, what more? Uh, to be kind of coherent here, or incoherent, whatever you want to call it. Uh, young Guns. You mentioned Chuck Norris. Love him. In that kind of manly roundhouse, kicks the groin kind of way. I think I might have mentioned that in the Breaker Breaker episode. 
You mentioned Three Amigos. Yes. You mentioned doing an episode of Three Amigos. Yes. And please, Joel, don't hate on it. Uh, that should be a kind of lengthy, this. But, uh, oh, and uh, JV, don't believe them when they're setting me up to be this big, tough, Danish dude. I'm not, really. Just a big old teddy bear. Even though I'm kind of might have said something about John Lithgow, Bloody Snow Gone, and something about beating. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bye. And that was, of course, our buddy Peter. He likes Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. Yes. So, he li- points in my book. I get it. He <laughs> likes her style. Uh, no. 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 Yes. If by style, you mean shape. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I meant. So, anyway, yes, thank you, Peter, as always, and uh, thank you for passing on the information that you will not be pounding any of our other wonderful listeners into a bloody snow cone. Speaking of other listeners that might fret about such activities... Speaking of bloody snow cones... (laughs) Let's hear from our buddy, JV. Hey, guys, you know me. Listen, I've noticed a very sharp decline in uh, JFFL's attendance, or whatever you want to call it, uh, on your show. And I wanted to just offer to you guys a very simple um, offer. I would like to join the JFFL and be the new spokesperson, the new head of the JFFL. I can be the new face of the JFFL and bring it back to its former glory. You know, with me at the top, of course. So let me know. You know how to reach me. Follow me on Twitter at JV. That's J-A-Y-V, not J-V. Because the letters J-V or some, I don't know, radio guy. Um, bet you guys didn't know this. But I once did a play with one of the guys who killed Robocop. Okay, killed Murphy. So that right there, by association to an actor, makes me a badass, or at least an acting badass, which also further qualifies me to be the head of the JFFL. So, yes, reach me however you can. I am going to... Oh, crap, I'm past the checkers! That's this. I'm never leaving a message again when I'm driving. No, I ran a red light, too! This is the worst driving experience ever! Ah, JV, JV, (laughs) JV. You really want to bring back the JFFL, do you? Yeah, and I just got to say, um, JV, feel free to be the face of uh, the JFFL. Yes, you can be the left cheek and Jason will be the right cheek. <laughs> we need a face. We need a face. We have plenty of callers, oh, and I've got God. like a bag of mail. Like, like a, listen yes. to that. You know, like yes. a thousand pieces of mail here. Yeah, that's what happens when you go around all your neighbor's houses and steal their mail and stick it in a pillowcase and then put it in your house. Shut up, it still counts. Yes, as a federal crime. <laughs> so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen... And if you are new to the Forgotten Flicks podcast, know this. The following is spoilerific, and it's the trailer. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Realize what we could do? I don't want to go on any more of your crazy Goonie adventures. Meet Mikey. I gotta go fast. Brand. Andy. Shame, shame. Come on, Brand. Slip her the tongue. 
disgusting. No, I can't even look. Mouth. Hey, Stephanie, Data. Boy, Beto! Guys, isn't that neat? And Chunk. They call themselves the Goonies. They've stumbled onto a legend. But they're not alone. Chunk, I hope that was your stomach. No. That's the it. Sounds like Kong. Discover what they uncover. And it was rubies and, and emeralds and diamonds. The lost map. The secret caves. The treacherous traps. Hello, Sheriff. I'm at the Lighthouse Lounge. And I want to, and I want to report well, a murder. Just like that last prank about all those little creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. Take the oath. Join the adventure as Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Yes, the lengthiest trailer in history. <laughs> just, there's something about his perfect trailer voice saying starring chunk <laughs> starring mouth chunk data yes that just sounds wrong yeah just... yeah it sounded um it sounded interesting so yes if you are in fact new to the forgotten flicks podcast first question what is wrong with you second question really you haven't seen the goonies because from here on out it's spoiler city people it is so spoilery that we have a spokesman who will come in at excuse me excuse me spoiler alert please see his aqua <laughs> geometro tearing down the road yeah is it me or does it sound like he's walking across the floor of a one-room schoolhouse i always imagine him walking across the front porch of an old log yes. cabin on a wood yeah floor, like that yeah like that same, that same so massacre or something. yeah that's a good point yeah think about that <laughs> So, yes, this is Spoiler City, One of these folks. You're going to have to clip in the sound of a chainsaw coming yeah. out. <laughs> that would actually be awesome. I'm going to totally do that. So, the stats on the Goonies. Directed by Richard Donner, he who gave us the Lethal Weapon series, Superman, The Omen, mm. and the No Really, It's Not Racist because it stars Richard Pryor, The Toy. <laughs> it was written by Chris Columbus. Don't leave me one. 
Wonder Wheel. <laughs> It was it was written by Chris Columbus um, in between gigs, um, you know, wiping out indigenous peoples. He wrote this film. Uh, it, it was actually a film he wrote uh, after one of my all time favorite movies and one of my specifically one of my favorite holiday films, Gremlins. Of course, he, he who also gave us Christmas with the Cranks, Nine Months. Ugh. He's probably better known as a director. He directed yeah. the first couple. Uh, uh, Harry Potter, I think that's what it's called. The kids today are watching Harry Potter <laughs> movies and uh, Home Alone, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, and again, several that shall remain nameless because they're too painful to even mention. <laughs> so Harry, it was Harry a, Twilight. What? No, no. It was based on a story written by Steven Spielberg. Uh, quick uh, side note, a point of interest, not really to anyone but me. Um, in my youth, I was sort of like a much less talented Dawson from Dawson's Creek in that I really wanted to be a filmmaker, made really cheesy movies and really worshipped Steven Spielberg. So I am a huge fan, particularly of his pre. Wow, I was going to say pre Schindler's List work and that <laughs> just sounded <laughs> wrong because actually I think Schindler's <laughs> is a fantastic film. And yeah. it sounds like there's some other reason why I wouldn't like that movie. So I'm going to go ahead and move on now. No, actually, I'd say pre, <laughs> pre-Lost pre World. Because after he made Schindler's List, I have this whole theory, and we'll go into some time about how Schindler's List is sort of like his, his the, the, the pivot movie. Like, you literally yeah. have everything that came before is very, quote-unquote, Spielbergian. And everything that came after, which, while artistically sound, some of them even classic masterpieces of cinema... I almost feel like so, some of them could have been made by any other great filmmaker. Mm. The, the ones pre that, including some of the stinkers, just were uniquely Spielbergian and tapped into a lot of themes and ideas that I think were very personal to him at the time. But yeah. I prefer that phase of his career. I can highly appreciate the second phase, and I acknowledge part of my appreciation is driven by C and D. So this was a right. based, the Goonies was based on a story written by Monsieur Spielberg. It starred. You got, that your, you got that out of your system now? Yeah, I'm good. Sean <laughs> Astin, a.k.a. Frodo's Bitch. Josh. <laughs> a.k.a. The Good Hobbit. Yes, indeed. Josh Brolin, currently, uh, oh, most recently seen in uh, True Grit, the remake, one of the few remakes that was actually awesome. And No Country for Old Men and many other films. Of course, his dad's James Brolin. This is one of his first films, if not his debut. I don't recall off the top of my head. Jeff Cohen, a.k.a. Chunk, a.k.a. looks nothing. And I mean literally nothing like his former self, which is interesting. It, you know, my, minus plastic surgery from what I could tell. Uh, Corey, no, it looks, what? Yeah, it looks normal. Actually, it looks, it looks normal and actually decent now. Yeah. But he definitely grew out of his awkward... Chunk face, we call it. A <laughs> uh, little guy you might have heard of, Corey Feldman. Co- mm. co- the, the two Corys, Corey Haim, mm-hmm. Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. No. Nothing? Okay. Carrie no. Green, who was in a movie uh, the same year called Lucas with uh, Corey Haim. Jason, remember Corey? Corey Haim? Mm. Corey. Another two Corys? No. Yeah, no, okay. Nothing? Okay. There were two Corys? Yeah, Corey, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. Oh. License to Drive? Two Corys? We, actually, actually, they were both in Lost Boys, which we did as a show. No, I don't remember that either. Okay, all right. Wow, Martha Is that a Pr- Peter Pan movie? Um, kinda, kinda like that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Martha Plimpton, uh, who I'm mm-hmm. a fan of. Uh, Jonathan K. Kwan uh, was also known as K. Hu Kwan, and Shock of All Shocks played Data, the 
oh, wait, no, that isn't a horribly stereotyped <laughs> borderline racist character in our movie. Hey, lady, you call him a Dr. Jones. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, the only thing they were missing was like really thick bifocals. I'm <laughs> yeah. serious. Like, no, no, and buck teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the only parts they were missing. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading way too much into this. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> John Matuzak played Smooth. Robert Davy, the great Robert Davy, which actually, weren't we recently? Well, I was recently trying to remember his name. It was driving me yeah. nuts. Uh, Joe Pantoliano. Um, if I had more space in my pod producer, we'd have a soundbite for her, the great, late, Anne Ramsey. Yes, that is the oh, cast. Owen <laughs> doesn't have any friends. He's dumb and he's stupid. Who do you think you are all of a sudden? <laughs> God. Yeah, I, we saw. <laughs> I, I miss her. So, yes, now, now, Jason will present his synopsis of The Goonies. Uh, yes. So if you haven't seen it, a brief synopsis of the movies is this is generally the story of a group of friends who live in Astoria, a Pacific Northwestern town that is going to be foreclosed on to be built upon condos. And none of them have the money. And one day when they're all gathered together in uh, young Master Mikey's house, whose dad is the curator Curly uh, of the museum uh, – has all this stuff up in his attic, and they happen upon a treasure map from One-Eyed Willie, and they decide they're going to seek this treasure to save their town, which they call the Goondocks, thus their name. They are the Goonies, and uh, they go off on an adventure to discover the treasure and in the meantime come across a group of ne'er-do-wells um, led by Anne Ramsey, who is Mama Fratelli, and the Fratelli boys are – uh, the two, her two sons, Jake and Francis, and they are chasing after them to catch them. And um, their mutant son or abused I, son. I sort of, I, I figured. I think he took after his mama. I think so. Sloth, who looked just like his mom, uh, Mama Fratelli. And uh, I actually, I actually think he may have been just a mite prettier. Eh, maybe. Yeah, his voice was better. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they go off searching for the treasure of One-Eyed Willie and go through an amazing adventure full of booty You do traps. realize that means someone had sex with her three <laughs> times. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and I assume... Uh, hey, dude. Dude, dude. I, I'll, I'll be right back. Seriously, I'll be right back. Um, I'm going to grab a Brillo pad and some bleach and, <laughs> and a um, drill so that I can open up my skull <laughs> and scrub Get that off my brain. Get that out. Yeah. Who do you think you are all of a sudden? <laughs> Painful. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You were saying? Uh, yeah, that's it. I assume Sloth is the oldest. So even <laughs> after him, she had two more. Um, but anyway, uh, so they go off on an adventure to save the, the goondocks by finding One-Eyed Willie's treasure through a series of booty traps. Uh, booby traps. That's and, what I um, said. Because that, <laughs> that joke wasn't played out. <laughs> uh, so that's basically the movie. I'm not going to tell you the ending because it's really awesome, especially if you get the DVD because then you see some alternate scenes that were deleted out. We'll talk about this. Especially in a if you've been to Pirates of the Caribbean. So, Jason. Yes. Yes. Was that a brief enough synopsis? Look that, at that. That, I was that, that was very succinct. 
in the his house. Yes, in, indeed, indeed in the his house, my friend. Because you see, Jason, last time I went first. I'm sorry. No. Yep. Did I? I went first. You went first. Yes, that's yep. what I meant. Yep. You went first. Yes. And so we've been trying to do this whole back and forth, you go first, I go first thing. Yes. Except I know how much this movie means to you. So before I <laughs> give you my opinion, one way or the other, I'm going <laughs> to give you the floor. So two weeks in a row, this is an unprecedented occurrence in forgotten flicks history the extensive and um rich history that it is uh this is unique um that i in fact will let you get a word in edgewise twice in a row i don't know if i can handle this kind of pressure i know you letting me talk twice okay so the goonies Goonies. (laughs) i got i got my notes i got my notes all right you can hear them so so this was a, uh, another childhood favorite of mine, and I know we talked about doing this beginning of the year, and so I actually got it and watched it again uh, the beginning of this year, and that's the first time I'd seen it in a good handful of years, maybe a decade, maybe a little less. And then I got it again recently, and uh, um, both times absolutely loved it. Now, much like with RoboCop, there are plot holes in it. There are a few little... You know, quirks, but there are a couple of things I love, love, love about this movie. First of all, it it definitely has that kind of Spielberg adventure feel. It had this, you know, some um, elements similar to what Indiana Jones had, although not nearly on the epic scale. You know, it was much smaller scale. Um, but I love the actors in this. I think the kids all really, really worked well together. And I think they had a fantastic rapport. I think I love some of the – this is, for me, one of the most quotable movies um, of my childhood from the 80s. And, uh, you know, the Truffle Shuffle and Hey, You Guys, which he actually copied, I know, from another TV show. But regardless, um, it, I just I absolutely love the movie. And I, I watched it again recently, watched it with my kids, and they loved it as well. And um, I will admit I watched the extras. Have you seen the extras on this? I watched them not that long ago. Like when I, yep. I saw this about 18 months ago or so, maybe maybe almost two years ago. I mean, maybe it was less than that. Maybe between a year and 18 months. And I watched a few of them then. Yeah. And and the extras, they have a, a cut scene um, that was removed from the movie. And it actually had something in it that has plagued me since 1985. At the end of the movie. A plot. No, no, no. That doesn't get in the way of me liking a movie. At the end of the movie, um, the reporters all come up, and I won't tell you how they got there, but the reporters all come up and they talk about, oh, what did you go through? What was it like? And Data at one point says – I'm not going to try and mimic his uh, accent, but the octopus was very scary. Octopus? Yeah, and then they said, and the booby traps, and then they went through all that stuff, and they talked about it. And I thought, octopus? There's no octopus in this movie. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, they, I guess they're playing it off because the kids are being exaggerated. But everything else they said was the truth. And the whole point of that moment was that these kids who nobody believed because they exaggerated and told stories and everything else were telling the truth and going through this experience. And I thought, that's, that's something's wrong. Well, then I go and watch the, the extras. Yep. And in that extras, they have a scene that was completely cut. At one point when all the, the Goonies uh, find the ship of One-Eyed Willie in this massive cave, and it's like this lagoon in this cave, they all splash in, and in the original cut that I saw, they all swim over to the ship, climb up on it, and hijinks ensue. 
in the cut version, I guess when they all fell in the water and they started going, there was an octopus. And this octopus, it looked like the octopus out of Popeye. Oh, it did look like the octopus in Bride. Uh, was it uh, Bride of the Monster, the Edward? Oh, yes, Lugosi. the Edward one. Yes, <laughs> yes, in like the mud pit wrestling with it. Kind of like when they have this like tw- 12 foot long uh, rubber hose. They put strings on three places and nice. they move it up and down. Yeah. Now, is this when they're in the ship? That's when they are in the water at the ship. Which would help explain why there was some fear. Yes, of being pushed. No, yeah. because uh, at one point there's... Uh, no, I forget how they get away from it. They put dynamite in its mouth or something. I don't know. It was it was awful. I just got to say, if that scene had been left in the entire thing, that would have completely ruined it. So thank God and thank you very much, Richard Donner, for cutting that out. It was awful. Well, assuming it was Donner, it might have been Spielberg. <laughs> it may have been. <laughs> because, well, no, he wrote this octopus in the original. And well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is it may have been – but, but have keeping said, in mind the Spielberg, let's just say when he's the – executive producer on a movie well maybe you know even then he's he's quote unquote involved yeah yeah those kind of decisions i'm certain he would have a say in now who knows maybe they all looked at and said yeah this is crap yeah so anyway if that movie really really took you out of it because the rest of the time it was believable enough with that yeah Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um I, i and i don't care what you say i don't care I absolutely love this movie. It was it was a lot of fun. I didn't take it too seriously. You know, there were definitely some, um, like with Robocop, some some weak points in the plot. But um, it's a it's a it's a fan favorite of mine. So anyway, I'm done. Your okay. Turn. First, let me say I need to get a towel. Pull your pants down. To clear over. To clear the wipe the blood off of me from biting my lip that entire time. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. I didn't make any noises, no grunts, no squeals, nothing, nothing. Nothing. I kept it together. Mm -hmm. So yay for me. Okay. Two, ladies and gentlemen, we have discussed C&D on this program before. Those new to the Forgotten Flicks podcast, C&D is cinematic nostalgia disorder. What you just heard was a classic, classic case. Of not just C and D, but C and D, where the poor, pitiful patient doesn't even realize how severe his C and D really is. I made no secret about it before, Jason, and I'm I'm going to do so hard to not come across as a D head right now, because <laughs> I know you love this movie, and I respect that. I respect that you love the movie, and and. Being the first movie, right, come on, tell me how you really feel. The first movie in the October Spooky Flicks Fest, and considering what it's going to be, I I, I realized I, I realized karma is a real biatch. But that being said, I literally got to the I, I, this is my legal pad. I filled out the first page with a series of questions, primarily. By the time I got halfway to the second page, I pretty much tossed it and said, "Screw this, I'm done." I will go in. I will be positive with what I liked. Well, wait a second. Wait. Uh, all right. Spew it. Go ahead. <laughs> this is what I liked. Not like the song. Yep. See, I like that too. We can agree. So, we have common ground because. 
I like this song. I admit it. I don't care yeah. who knows it. I like the song. Okay, I thought it was, I thought she was going to start singing, but it was taking too long. So, yeah. that being said, I also thought the cinematography is gorgeous, which of course I would expect in this picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sloth loved him. I loved the makeup effects on him. I loved the animatronics that they kind of built into his his headgear there. Oh, his ears. And um, his, yeah. As a kid, I remember I had a cop, and I still actually have. I have several issues of Mad Magazine from back in the seventies and eighties. And I still had, I actually have to bring this in for you. I have the issue, or I, I don't know if the cover's still on it. Actually, I think it may have now my redone paper bag cover that when I'd lose a cover, I would actually make like a paper bag cover and like try and draw the picture that was originally <laughs> on it and looked horrible. And yes. it was like a TV and Sloth was, I think it was like Sloth's body was laid out and the TV had landed on his head and his face was kind of like, you know, being like as if it was uh, seen. And, yeah, it was like one of those kind of yeah, covers. Gotcha. And I remember thinking at the time, thinking that that was Jason Voorhees. Like I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And then I went as a kid, I remember I got really confused because, uh, Friday 13th part four came out the year before this, which also had Corey Feldman and it played Tommy Jarvis and they revealed Jason's face. It was like this, you know, oh, he's revealing his, and they definitely had a similar quality. So yeah, I, that always confused me, but I like Sloth. Uh, obviously Anna Ramsey, you can't go wrong. The cast really is a great cast. Um, but here's where it breaks down for me. Oh, and I like the Gremlins reference when Chunk calls the ah, sheriff's yes. office and he says, yeah, I like that time you yeah, called about the, yeah. yeah, that was cute. Yep. Okay, so here's where it breaks down. Let's start with the acting. I found Sean Astin to be stretching it a bit, but very sweet and believable. I <laughs> think Josh Brolin totally, you could see hints of the guy, the actor that he would, I mean, he was good, you know, uh, the girls, mm-hmm. I think they were fine, even though Andy was a little squeaky. Um, but Martha Plimpton's a great actress. Here's where it really starts to break down for me. Chunk. I effing hate chunk. I what? hate chunk so much. There was a moment where I was like, please, please, please don't grab the baby Ruth turn out to be a kid. I know how this movie goes and I know this isn't the way it goes, but maybe if I wish hard enough, maybe the cinema gods will come down and make a sudden, maybe I'll suddenly be pushed through a wormhole and be aware that I'm in a new parallel reality. We're in this version of the Goonies sloth as there is, as he's pushing the baby Ruth over sloth reaches down, grabs chunks wrist and just rips his chubby fat fingers off his Really, every scene that kid was in, he was a moron. Every scene he Are was in. Are you out of your cheeseburger sucking mind? He was okay. He was I, let you, uh, I let you. I let you. I let you finish. <laughs> I let you finish. Not, yeah, I, I can't bite my lip as hard as you can. <laughs> I, I let you finish. <laughs> Go right ahead, knock yourself out. <laughs> Take a dump. Like all I care. <laughs> well, it would be of higher quality than his acting. Because yeah. every scene, and here's the other problem: every scene the kids were in, they just yelled. It was like the concept of drama it was it was to the level that they could scream and yell at each other and be insulting. Like that was the whole point. Like it got to a point where, like, okay, okay, really, this is grating. Like mouth again, mouth annoying as hell. Like Corey Feldman, I felt like Corey Feldman was aware that he was in this big movie, and at this point he'd been in Gremlins, he'd been the star of this Friday the 13th, so he, he thinks he's the, the shiznit at this point, and, like he, and I know that was the character, and the character kind of needed that attitude, but it just got great, I just found it grating. 
I yeah, found but Malf was supposed to be. He yes, was supposed to be kind of the I, and, of the and if he was the only one, I could have taken it. <laughs> you weren't twelve years old. You weren't. You weren't like that at twelve. How were they? Twelve? How old do you say they were? I'm guessing twelve, thirteen. Right, right 13, at that. Right at that. That right, you're right 14. about to go into the teenage phase. Yeah, because yeah, the, the brothers kind of had the puberty. Yeah, you know, voice. You know. Yes, yeah. yes, kind of yes. I think this is where the whole movie. And and I and I, I really was thinking hard. I was like, why do I seem to hate this movie so? <laughs> yes, please. I Why couldn't do you fig- seem to hate this movie. I don't know because, and I couldn't. Fig- I figured out what it is. It's a tone thing. I like. I don't mind a movie. You know, obviously, like Army of Darkness, movie where the action, everything happens is absurdist and fantastical and over the top. I think that where this movie breaks down for me is in the director, which I am a Richard Donner fan. Love *Lethal Weapon*, even three and four, and. I love super well, super literal Superman's okay, but I love the omen. Okay. I mean, so I, I don't just hate Richard Donner, but I think he was trying to make this movie was shot very kind of straight and realistic. But if you really think about it, this movie is essentially kind of like in the vein of, uh, you know, the Bowery boys or was it the, uh, the dead end kids? Or I think that's what they were called. You know, like those 1920s, thirties sort of, absurdist over the top kind of like you know the group of kids get involved and there's this criminal gang that they have to go against and i'm okay with that but i think what they were trying to do is the acting and everything was so broad they were trying to make everything so big and overdone but the style of the movie doesn't fit it so like if a sam raimi or if um i was trying to think of somebody who sam raimi at the time he did crime wave which actually is a movie that had that sort of absurdist slapsticky kind of quality to it. But I just felt like all the characters in this movie were pretty much morons. Like, the, like, okay, just, just humor me for one second. Okay. Just <laughs> one, yeah. one full second. Okay. Okay. 1, first off, first off, it's a kid's movie. What do we start with? A hanging. Now true. It turns out to not be a true hanging, but really yeah, there, there's some great <laughs> thinking. Um, the front gate of the jail is wide open when the Fratelli guy, gets out like wide open there's he doesn't break out he just walks out and then the cops are like putting on their jackets as they come out yeah. and nobody notices when someone pulls up to the front of county jail and some guy jumps gasoline. out and starts pouring gasoline so, and I, around the perimeter of the door nobody can i be honest with you that. i think in different hands that <laughs> gag could work it's because of the way it, I'm telling you, man, I think it's a stylistic directorial issue that I have the biggest mm. problem. So the, the, I actually wrote my third notice. Setup of characters. Are they retarded? <laughs> <laughs> because like each of them, what does is, what is Chunk do? Who does that? Who watches a car chase? Which Okay, I get a kid to be excited about it. So he's taking his pizza. We won't even go into the editing continuity in this movie where literally like in one shot he could be holding the pizza four feet away from the window and the next shot it's pressed up against it. Forget all that. It's like it's like smooshed up against the window, and then he pushes his milk. Who does that? Okay, to answer your question, yes, Chunk is probably mentally retarded. So, <laughs> um, you making fun of a kid with a handicap? Oh, that's great. Oh wow, just, really? Just, the guy yeah. who loves a movie that is filled with so many stereo like that's the other problem. Data and Chunk. It's like their entire existence in the movie with is just purely to be a visual gag. Like the funny doesn't come out of them as characters as three-dimensional people it comes out of a <laughs> he's a fat kid and it and, and yells a lot and cries and does stupid stuff and oh, that little chinese boy he talk funny and he's real smart that's what it felt like to me it yeah, was this is not supposed to be a highbrow intellectual movie. Uh, okay this is you said at the beginning 
I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say this is Ozu. Okay, I didn't say this is like <laughs> Kurosawa. I just simply said this. This is dreams. This is a reincarnation of dreams. I swear, oh, Steven Spielberg just got jealous of Kurosawa. And uh, yeah. Yeah, dreams came around around the same time. So that's a pretty good point. No. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, I'm not even close to done. So go ahead and make your oh, point. Good God! <laughs> I can't believe you hate this movie. Everything is so contrived. Painfully, so I'm just gonna read through my notes. Um, why exactly are they losing their house? Explain this because one too. Evil people are taking oh, it from wow. them to build condos. Okay, so they don't own their own house. No, they're renting. Nobody owns their own house. So they're just renters. The whole town. See, this yes. is how renting works. Someone else owns your house and you rent it. And if they determine, oh wait, wait, oh wait, that would make sense. Except that at the end of the movie. He rips up his lease. <laughs> no, that wasn't a lease. I think that was the house. Like he was signing over the property. They didn't say it was his lease. Huh? He's signing over. And they said, I have some papers for your dad, and they're going to lose the yeah. goondocks. And yeah, I didn't yeah get lose the, the goondocks implies he, he has ownership in them. Yeah. Well, you get what it's like? What? Who? So, so okay, so uh, eminent domain? I, uh, no. <laughs> no, he oh, owns oh, the bank. Since when can they just come and take your house? Eminent domain, first off, is the Supreme Court no, no, case no, no, didn't even no, happen no, no, until no, no, the 2000s. No, 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 no. Back, up, back up, back up, back up. I'm not talking to eminent domain. I'm That's the only way you can justify what happens. No, no, no. I'm talking about it was the, the, the bad guy. What's his name? I can't keep calling him the bad guy. What was the, the, the Troy's the dad. dad. Of, yeah, the, Troy's, the, the Troy's dad, dad, yeah. Yeah. So Troy's dad owns the bank. Okay. And so nobody can pay their mortgages. Oh, oh, and so oh okay. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay. So in other words... In other words, everybody in the goondocks are, are a bunch of all, – because all of them seem to be gainfully employed. So there's just a bunch of slackers who don't make, pay their bills. <laughs> That's what you're well, telling me. Because he's only the curator of a museum, which really curators generally make pretty decent money. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess maybe not a little museum, but Yeah, still. okay. We'll just, we'll just call that just a, a little plot hole. <laughs> um, how exactly do you deflate a, a bike's tires by just removing the caps? You're really just picking the nits out of this, aren't oh, you? Oh, 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 dude. You have no... <laughs> how, um... and wait a second. Wait. I got one. I got one. How many uh, uh, lawns did he have to mow to get that? <laughs> 328 or something? Okay. Now, I calculated if that is he the one He got paid of three cents a lawn. <laughs> badass, badass mountain bikes you could buy. No, no. It was just for the tires, dude. Because all he said when he came out, he goes, those are my new tires. No, no, but before that, he said, no, don't do that because he mowed 300 lawns to get that bike. Okay, so let's say that is like a Trek professional mountain bike, like 3000 Oh, this is in the 80s. Let's say like $1,000. Yeah, what did he charge, like $2 a lawn? No, no, dude. Here's the thing that doesn't even make sense. Oh, he paid. He worked all that time. Don't ruin his bike. He just let the air out of the tires. <laughs> get new tires. What? Yeah, I pumped them up with, with a bike pump. All right. This is the end right. of the freaking world. Okay. Sorry. Well, let that go. We'll let and, that go. And, um, okay. And, wait. How, how, how exactly, Brandt, this guy who we see throughout the first third of this film working out, right? How exactly is his hand holding onto a car as he rides a little girl's bike? He couldn't pull away the second the guy started gunning it? No, because Troy's strong, and that's a Mustang. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. The Mustang wasn't holding Brandt. Troy was by the hand. You can jerk your hand. I don't give a crap how strong the guy is. If I am, it's it's just it's like you know, like where he's positioned. He could have even if he fell on the ground. I'm not going to get pulled along. And then of course, let's not even go to the fact that's attempted murder. 
Okay. No, that's what I thought too. Yeah. And the fact that he must fly like a hundred feet in oh, the God, air because he goes off that cliff and he's fine. How does he's Mikey? Like, no, okay. How does Mikey, the Sean Astin character, exactly know how to use that key to line it up with the mountains? Did they ever establish that? Like suddenly he just knows where to put it, and like he knows yeah. to look through. He's a smart kid. Oh wow! Apparently he psychic out all too. The traps. Um, oh, why would traps. why that's would Mama? <laughs> why would Mama Fratelli let Mikey go to the bathroom if they know they have a corpse in there? They don't have a corpse in the bathroom. It was no, 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 no. They know they have they have a corpse in the freaking building. Like, why the second this kid showed up, why wouldn't she have just gagged and bound him and thrown him in a closet? Oh, yeah, and Sloth is down the hole. Don't forget that. Chained to the wall. Yeah. Watching TV. Um, and where did the corpse come from? Did they ever establish that? Yes, it was the FBI guy that went to investigate that uh, uh, house thing. When did they say that? This is probably the point where I was rolling my eyes so far back I in my head in I actually scene. had a seizure. So can you refer? I think it was in a cut scene. Well, oh, oh, like an octopus. So basically what you're telling me is my real issue with this movie is that they cut out all the scenes that would have helped explain things so that I'm not going, where the heck, what? Okay, it, they, the, 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 can, was it, they think they're candles that, um, oh, yes, and one of them's Chester, dynamite. Chester Copper, one of them's dynamite? No, they're all dynamite, all dynamite. And the that worst, was a total Looney Tunes moment, wasn't it? Dude, they show it in huge Give letters. Give me a candle. Give no, here's, me a candle. Now, here's what doesn't make any sense to me. Here's what doesn't make sense. So they show the words dynamite across it, and these goonies, <laughs> <laughs> who apparently, you know, had got off the short bus right before the movie started, <laughs> hand, them, the hand them to Data, you know, because, you know, oh, sure, he'll know what to do with them. And and I thought that they were being kind of funny because he says, okay, I'm going to go set a booby trap. So I'm like, oh, wow, he's going to use it. Like thinking he knew they were dynamite. But then later on, they are shocked to learn that it's dynamite. <laughs> so I'm like, they really didn't freaking know. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, right. The Wishing Well has the largest quarters and dimes in, in the world. Cause when they and lift... it's the deepest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and. And apparently these kids, by pushing on some pipes, can cause a full-on freak-out weird science moment. <laughs> <laughs> and and when Sloth pushes up on the pipes, there's an accident, and within you, you hear siren like immediately. One point eight seconds, there's sirens so, of an ambulance. But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the key difference. <laughs> when Sloth pushes that, like if that had been the whole gag, I'd buy it. Because he's super strong and okay, haha, I get it. It's a goofy joke, but he didn't work because of the whole bill. And what, they, they would be shake. I didn't get it. Like I might. And this is the problem. Is like too too many times I'm going, why is this even happening? It was like watching Troll Two. It's like, why is this happening? Oh, now you're hating on Troll Two. No, I like uh, Troll Two, but going into dude, Troll Two, were you even a child, or were you just born an old curmudgeon? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's talking. Okay. See, you like assaulting. Yes, because I have taste. You hate this movie. I so, get it. You don't like yeah, fun, you're right, you're right. adventurous mm -hmm. kind of. You're right. Uh, you know, you're absolutely kid movies. Right. No, you just like mm -hmm. the snooty, oh, wait, 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 wait. farty Well, you're right. Uh, mm -hmm. This has got to be good because it's yes. Carpenter. Be yes, because I'm an elitist snob. His exactly. intellect is so great. You went to film school. That my top three actors are Bruce Campbell, Tim and... Thomerson. Yep, yep. You're just doing that to try and appeal to the common man. You hate Goonies. I'm not done. Oh, wait, dude. The hating's no. just begun. What did you do? Move to on. Canada during the 80s? But, You're a Canadian, aren't you? Tell me you oh, are. I know you Canadian are. Canadian listeners, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. We will join mm -hmm. forces, and we will take him down. Okay, so um, all the stones that drop after they get to, you know, Honey Pot or whatever his name is. <laughs> 
he's been cru- he's been crushed by one of them, correct? And there's like what yeah. about ten of them? These massive yeah, boulders yeah. are hanging. Okay, they're booby traps. Yeah. He tripped one of them. It booty fell trip. on him. Yeah, booty traps. It fell on him raider style. Mm-hmm. The kids, of course, trip one. Now, one fell in 1935. The kids trip one. Wouldn't it stand to reason that if a all of these boulders are linked together, they would have all fallen in 1935 and thus blocked off the pass and made this a very short movie. B, one would have fallen because one fell in 1935. And C, when they fall, it looked to me like they blocked the freaking pass, but yet somehow later on the Fratellis walk right past him as if there's eight feet on either side. Yeah, they don't really block it. They just kind of fall in the yeah. middle. So okay, I'll, I'll you're in the middle, mm-hmm. you get, you okay. get squished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how did Mikey get his hand out of the key trap? The booty trap? He has his hand um, in. And interesting, Dade is the one who falls. You would think that the person who had their hand in it would have been the one who fell, but he didn't. Data falls. No, oh, that's a way to... No, that's a way to clear out the crowd. So only one person can get the treasure. Got so when he puts his hand it. in, whoever's got the key puts their hand in. Got everybody, everybody else. Everybody party falls and dies. Okay. He's the well, only except for Data, because really apparently Data has gag teeth that somehow can support his body weight. <laughs> Not only his body weight, but his body weight plus falling and breaking. Because what it, I swear, when I first saw this movie and for years after, I had no idea what he was saying. Pinces of Pero? What? Pinces of Pero? <laughs> What was he saying? Pinchers, pinchers of peril. Pinchers of peril. Yeah, I didn't even know that until Data is unhappy and he flips his hand and then he yeah. grabs one of the Fratelli brothers in the crotch with it. So yeah. So when Andy kisses Mikey, and she actually asks if her boyfriend has braces, she's well, a that's moron. Kind of like when your girlfriend says she's a moron. Color my eyes. Yo, dude, dude, she's in love with Brant. How would she not know he didn't have braces? Again, that joke would have worked if it had been one of those like, wait a minute, oh my, and then like right then she gets it. But no, they they use that until the very end so that when she and Brant Brant kiss, she's like, wait, you don't have braces? Keep in mind. Mikey. Yeah, like like his fish should have been there. Oh, went away, Iota. So the water slides are very cool. I love the whole, you know, them going down, except that they look like the flume ride at your local adventure island. But that being said, down in case you were standing up while going down the slide. How exactly did the pirates dig all of this crap in five to six years by hand? Five to six years? I could do that. Really? No. (laughs) When they come off the slides, is it me First thing I says, wow, they just landed at Pirates of the Caribbean. Because I swear to God, <laughs> yes. that's exactly you, what it looked like. You expect, yo, ho, yo. <laughs> I did. Ho, I really did. Which, and actually, I liked that that whole scene. I, I liked that whole setup, to be fair. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy, can, quote, I put in quotes, conveniently pulls the rope, which reveals one-eyed Willie's tre- the, the room to where his treasure is. Mm-hmm. Like, had she not, oh, oopsie. And that's the problem in this movie. There's so- job. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, oh, those moments in this movie where a character just <laughs> conveniently, because we have to move the plot forward. <laughs> we got, hurry, come on, guys. We got to do something here. So they, they is nothing is motivated actor, out of a character actually either being aware of something or would know to do that. Like, if there had been some sign like like obviously they set up that mouth could read this map like if there had been clues like they read a clue and then they're looking around and she says what okay, about wait. this and she pulls it up oh, and there it is okay i can accept that wait 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 wait. i've got a, i've got a map comment um, um mouth can speak spanish yeah since when do they write spanish so to translate ye intruders beware 
And not only that, they wrote the Spanish so that it rhymes uh, uh, in English. Yeah, my, my <laughs> wife hit on it. She goes, wait a minute, would it rhyme? No, because the best part was is when it, the end of the rhyme, it was what, something about, you know, uh, I can't, you know, you, you intruders beware, um, you know, go where you do not dare, um, you know, beware. And the end was like, you will most certainly be. And it's like it rhymed with like head. Dead. Yeah, yeah. You'll be dead. You'll be. Yeah. I mean, no, no, by best, but this is what drives me nuts about this movie is the characters are all around, her, all around him going, what? what? What is it? It's like, <laughs> what are you, a bunch of freaking morons? For the love of God. Well, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's a pirate map with a bunch of threats on it and a bunch Threats's of booby shit. Will surely be what? Will surely be what? Bread? In bed? Fed? Uh, dead, drop dead Fred. Uh, he Fred. said? Oh, God. <laughs> One-Eyed right, Willie. Wait, no, no. One-Eyed Willie. Name of a Spanish pirate, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a porn star. <laughs> now, to be fair, I didn't start calling it that until after the movie, so they, they kind of <laughs> coined it, but yeah. <laughs> Would you like one-eyed. to see One-Eyed Willie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you get it. Wha- and this is the last one. I should probably should have finished with the One-Eyed Willie comment. That would have been more fitting. <laughs> Um, actually, you know what? Yes, I'm going to stop there. We'll stop with the one I really comment. That's okay. That's, yes, because I, I had a couple more. I'm just going to let it go there. Just let it go, brother. <sighs> Here's the worst part about this, dude. In all seriousness, I wanted to like this movie. When I watched it the last time, I was like really excited to watch it because it had been so many years. And I remember feeling like confused. Like, wait, why am I reacting in this odd way? Like, I feel <laughs> this feeling that reminds me of itching? yeah hatred, but... I shouldn't be feeling this for the Goonies. For I know I liked this movie at one time in my life. It just, it's, I've had this reaction to a few other movies where I became painfully aware that the only reason anybody ever argues that this is a great movie, because I loved it as a kid. Like, that's the only, you try to, if you could just explain. No, I love it now. Why? Because it's a fun ride it doesn't have to if you be... can get past the moronic characters the horrific no, plot holes <laughs> there are plot holes i, I and the fact that nobody would do half of the crap these people do ever yeah but that's half the freaking movies we watch yeah, okay come on but, but here's the key when you set up a universe when you set up a movie verse okay there are certain rules one must abide by to paraphrase and the rule is Never follow data across a slippery log. The rule is... No, he's going to squirt oil on it. You want to know why I hated Van Helsing, besides Hugh Jackman? The reason, besides that it kind of sucked. Well, yeah, yeah, I hated Van Helsing for really a key reason, because they apparently forgot that these were human beings that should be able to defy the laws of physics and fly around like superheroes. What I'm saying is when you set up a universe, and the problem, and I go back to this is a directorial problem, the way visually this movie was set up, it feels like, look at Gremlins, okay? Gremlins is absurd, over the top, it should, but all the character, I I know what it is, 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 I know what it is. Spell it. The people in this, the kids in this movie, were having a blast making this movie, and it shows. They are aware they're in this awesome big budget Spielberg at the top of his game movie. And it shows if they, they seem self-conscious, they seem aware of the, that they're in this false world. And so everything rings false to me. If they, if I had believed for two seconds that these kids believed what the hell was going on to them and it felt real and there weren't so many contrivances, I, I would have totally bought into it hook, line and secret. The problem I think I inherently have with the movie is the fact that there is a falseness to it. And it just, 
it does nothing really rings true to me. Like I just there's too many times where I'm going, what? What? Who would? Why would date? Why would that doesn't even fit his character? Why would he do? And then he would, you know, that's what I. That's that at the end of the day. So we'll agree that you have C and D. You were born at forty years old, and you have C and D, and are in denial about it. That's okay, buddy. I have my C and D moments too. You're an old crank, and I have C and D. Yep. Let's move on. Okay. (laughs) So, Jason, would you like to uh, discuss our six picks now? Yes, for God's sake, please. Let's move. Let's let's talk about our six picks. That is right. Uh, our six like picks. On one-eyed Willie's ship. I'm surprised they didn't just work perfectly. They should have. <laughs> and then the ball could have hit like Mama Fratelli in the belly. And then she could like, whoa, flew across the pond. <laughs> and then when she had hit the water, she would have jumped up and shook her fist. Oh, you kids. <laughs> our six flicks picks this week are 80s-centric. I'm sorry. <laughs> Messed that up. 80s. <laughs> kid-centric adventure movies. Basically, the criteria here was the primary cast had to be somewhat equally balanced between three or more kid characters. And when I say kids, Mm -hmm. I don't mean 28-year-olds pretending to be 14. I mean kids. So all these these (laughs) movies feature actors who at the time were, in fact, children Mm -hmm. and had to be three or more. And for the most part, had to be involved in engaged in activities that for all intents and purposes should have gotten them killed and on the back of a milk yeah. carton at the very least. Yeah. So Jason, what is your first pick for this wonderful category? <laughs> so my first pick is actually a Disney classic from the late eighties, 1989's honey. I shrunk the kids. Um, and this is the story of Wayne Zielinski, who was a kind of at home scientist who invents this shrinking machine and his kids accidentally get caught in the beam at one point and they get shrunk and they have to make their way through the backyard uh, all the way back into the house to try and get their dad's attention. It's actually his kids and uh, the neighbor kids all together. Um, Starring Rick Moranis, who plays uh, uh, Wayne Zielinski, and um, Matt Frewer, who from the 80s was... (gasps) Max Hedrum. Yes, Max Hedrum. Best Coca-Cola commercials ever. Um, but um, actually, it was it, actually... It was, a, it was Pepsi. Was it Pepsi? Yeah. yeah Who's 80s it. card getting revoked? Jason! Yeah, well... That's okay. Um, that's okay. I got mine revoked the second I said it. I hated the Goonies, so... Yes, that's okay. Um, so it, this was actually... Uh, I love this movie. It was actually very cute. And um, it was directed by uh, Joe Johnston. And this, I remember... Um, was a big film for Disney at the time to the extent that this is when the Disney MGM Studios um, was opening. So their their big rides and props and everything for Disney at the MGM Studios were all centered around um, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and there were actually a couple of um, spinoffs of it. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Honey, I Shrunk Us. Uh, Honey, the water's cold, it shrank. Yeah. They were awful. Um, this one was actually cute, though, so um, I liked it. And it was a cool kind of kids' adventure because they all went through these really cool sets of shrunken – or of, of gigantic, enormous things that were you know, normally very small. And so I think it was very well mm-hmm. done. But yeah. anyway, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, 1989. Uh, your turn. And I would just like to point out real quick, quick trivia bit about that. It was written yep. by Stuart Gordon and Brian Usna. 
the gentleman who brought us wonderful films like Reanimator, Bride of Reanimator, Society, <laughs> Fortress, <laughs> Robot Jocks. Oh, and oh, honey, Robot Jocks. And, that was a great one. And Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Yes. So my pick is from 1987, and it is Ruskies. It tells the story of a Russian sailor who is shipwrecked on a Florida beach. Woohoo! Go Florida! Help us, we live in a swamp surrounded by sharks. And people who can't vote. <laughs> Here's the catch. Yeah. It's about a mile away from a military base, and it's pretty much the beachfront property of this pretty hardcore military type town. Now, remembering 1987. Kind of this little thing going on with the Russians, apparently, <laughs> called the Cold War. <laughs> and these three young boys discover said Russian, a.k.a. commie, soldier on the beach, and they have a decision to make. Will they turn him over to the authorities, or will they help him find his way home? Basically, this Aww. movie this basic movie is E.T. for commies. <laughs> <laughs> Except these kids probably would have been hung for treason for helping this. Yes, guy. exactly, yeah. exactly, and 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 as they should have been. So it, <laughs> the the uh, the the um, the especially Peter Billingsley. Yes, the originally the the the, the title. I'm sorry, the title. I can't even talk tonight. The name of the Soviet uh, sailor, in in very original fashion, is Misha. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was going to be Ivan. Oh, Ivan or Misha. Uh, he, it was played by the uh, suitably named Whip Hubley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also starred, this is kind of cool, a young Joaquin Phoenix, also known as mm-hmm. uh, great actor slash kind of crazy slash brother of River, the late River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And as you will learn, he and his brother are tied into pretty much every single movie <laughs> in this week's Six Picks. It also starred Pilly, Peter Billingsley. He of Jason, the BMX kid. That's right, the BMX. Right, and the kid that you see at least four hours of every Christmas in the Christmas. Four hours, right? Twenty-four hours. You know they play that thing like on a loop. <laughs> yes, but most people will flip past it and yeah, just for true. clips have yes. seen yet. So I love that movie. Yes, way. Patrick Kilpatrick um, is a is a character actor who is in. He plays one of the military guys. He was on X Files yep. and much other cool thing so it's uh it's worth checking out i gotta be quite frank this is one of those i have not seen in about well, 24 years so i mm-hmm. uh, re-watching the trailer and looking at some clips and i remembered it and i remember really liking it as a kid so i actually think this would be a fun one to revisit um so yes ruskies 1987 jason your next pick all right uh, my next pick was uh, a movie that i wished i could actually be in uh, when I was a kid, which is The Wizard from 1989. Oh, I was going to say one of the Stephen Jeffrey titles. <laughs> yeah, no, not when I was a kid. They weren't out. Um, Whoa. No, this, <laughs> this stars the uh, one of my favorite actors, both of uh, the late 80s, early 90s, but also um, one of my favorite directors and stuff today. He does some great work as Fred Savage. And he is, uh, along with his cohorts, um, basically trying to get to a Nintendo championship in which they play the newly invented uh, glove controller and um, uh, little Jimmy, who is the wizard, is like this video game savant. And at the time, that was kind of a trendy thing because, you know, there were savants of music and art and... And Duck Hunt. And Duck Hunt. And now that video games 
games were coming popular, apparently only Nintendo, uh, um, then now we have to have the story of a savant. And uh, basically, they run away from home to try and compete in the ultimate video game championship, which we really still don't have today. But um, anyway, I guess it was apparently a big thing back then. But uh, they they travel cross country, all three of them, um, to uh, uh, compete in this competition where he guess what? <laughs> he wins. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, spoiler um, <laughs> alert. God. Surprise! It is a little predictable, um, but it's a good, it's a decent, you know, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I liked it when I was younger. It has Bo Bridges, um, plays the dad, plays uh, uh, Jimmy's dad, and then uh, Christian Slater is also in it. So um, got a couple of big names and um, definitely worth a watch, especially if you're an 80s mm -hmm. fan mm -hmm. and uh, if you ever played the Nintendo game. So The Wizard, 1989. Excellent, excellent. Well, my pick, the next pick, Jason, is Explorers from 1985. Yes, this tells the story of Ben Crandall. He is a kid obsessed with all things alien sci-fi. Basically, he's a lot like we were and are, <laughs> and much like us, doesn't have a girlfriend. So, <laughs> we have wives, but they don't really talk yeah, to us. They, don't, they have so, no choice. Yeah. Whoa. You're still chaining her up, dude? You stop it's that. not a chain. It's a leather strap. No. Okay, why well, okay. So, anyway, he dreams don't judge one me. night... Of this alien-designed circuit-type mm -hmm. thing that he then draws out, and he has this genius friend named Wolfgang, who helps him build a spaceship. Because it turns out that this circuit, much I, I'm assuming the aliens that sent him this dream are the same ones that sent Doc Emmett Brown, the flux capacitor, in his dreams. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts! Yes. <laughs> they has sent this so they can build this uh, spaceship. They use a tilt-a-whirl, and uh, I guess it's like a Commodore 64 home PC. Mm. Create, like, this force field around it, and they go off into space, and they go on this kind of rollicking adventure. This is a movie that I loved. It was directed by Joe Dante, who I'm a huge fan of. He who gave us Gremlins and Piranha and The Howling and Small Soldiers and Inner Space, etc., etc., etc. And here's the thing. It's one I'm almost afraid to rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I'm also afraid it, too, would be a horrible case of C&D. So we'll have to put it on the list, but I'm yeah. kind of afraid. Almost like I want to just leave it as is in my memory bank as being this wonderful, pure movie. Because it also stars a very young Ethan Hawke in his debut. Uh, River Phoenix, like I said, we'll be mentioning him. And I do believe the gentleman who plays their their buddy, Steve, is Bobby Fight. He's sort of the, the, the roughneck that that helps them out and really serves mm -hmm. no other purpose than some comedic relief because Wolfgang <laughs> yeah. does the work. Um, you know, Ben yeah. has the dream and you need a tough guy. Steven is just sort of there. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's a entertaining movie. Also, uh, it stars well, has it within the cast, Bradley Gregg, um, who is an actor who will be mentioned in one of the next six picks. So Jason, that is Explorers from 1985. Give us your next one, my friend. My next one is one that I had a special attachment to, uh, 1986 Space Camp. Um, yes, believe it or not, folks, I went to Space Camp. Wow. Um, but surprisingly— Jason, 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 you broke up yeah. just a tad there. Um, he said he went to Space Camp, in case you didn't catch that. Yeah. I, and I no one has to be told to believe it, Jason. We just assumed it. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, I was never— uh, accidentally blasted into space. Um, yeah, so 1986 Space Camp, uh, I haven't seen it probably since it played on HBO in the late 80s, but uh, I remember 
sort of liking it. Um, I have no negative memories of it, so this could be another CND. But it stars Kate uh, Capshaw, um, Leah Thompson, um, Kelly Preston, Larry B. Scott, who is also in the Revenge of the Nerds, Joaquin Phoenix again. Yes. Who it's just amazing to see him that young, especially you know um, being a big fan of his, like uh, Walk the Line and some of the others. Um, Tate Donovan was also one of the the um, kids on this crew and then and then do you know who the launch director was the launch director was no terry o'quinn was it really yeah yeah how many how many episodes can we go picking movies by terry o'quinn i don't know because actually that's hilarious like 50 that's hilarious dude because i honestly didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) and 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 equally hilarious one time when i was substitute teaching i uh showed this movie to one of the classes it was a science class so it counted as curriculum did you you get in trouble no no it was part of the school's library it was awful (laughs) <laughs> and it, it really? was a movie that I had l- absolutely loved as a kid, and I was watching this with these kids, and I literally at one point they turned to class and apologized. <laughs> Ouch! It was it was a- as I recall, it was painfully yeah. bad. You gotta watch it if you're an '80s kid. So yes, uh, yes, it's probably it's worth the re- it's worth the watch just so you can say you saw it. <laughs> so Space Camp, yes, 1980s. yes. And so, I'm- go ahead. <laughs> I'm all done. Your turn. Okay. The number one pick, my friend, the classic, it's one of the greats, Stand By Me. And one that I'm going to add the quick caveat, Jason and I were racking our brains. We don't think we've picked it before for six picks, but just in case we have, in one of the very early episodes, we apologize, but I don't care. It's still awesome, and I'm going to say we can pick it twice. So Stand By Me, 1986, definitely worth a rewatch, definitely holds up. It tells the story of a writer, who that's all we ever know him as, played by Richard Dreyfuss, who is uh, affected by the death of a childhood friend. Um, at the time, we don't know you know, exactly what happened or anything like that. We just know that he's, he's recounting uh, the summer when he, he sort of had the, the loss of innocence. It's a coming-of-age moment for him and these other characters, his friends. And it was about 1956. Uh, these four friends get together to seek out the body of a dead kid. They heard about a kid that supposedly got hit by a train and they wanted to find the body before the authorities do. Meanwhile, a gang led by a creepy, slightly pre-Lost Boys, Kiefer Sutherland, mm-hmm. and the aforementioned Bradley Gregg, and Casey Zermashko, who apparently is going to be in a butt-ton of our six picks and movies that we talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the the they're sort of the greaser you know thug gang. They are also looking for the body, and so they they cross paths. And there's you know all sorts of shenanigans. It's it's a rollicking adventure, but it's a very touching story. It also stars Will Wheaton, Jerry O'Connell, River Phoenix, and Corey Feldman. Uh, this was actually Jerry O'Connell's first film. Now here's an example of a movie where he's the quote unquote fat kid, but he's not just there for excuse the pun belly laughs. Yes, he's funny. Yes, there's fat jokes, but his character <laughs> has a deeper purpose than just that. He actually has three yeah, dimensions. He, he could have done a truffle shuffle, though. I... Yes, he probably yeah. could have. He could have talked about cherry-flavored Pez, too. <laughs> it was based on a story by one of my all-time favorite authors, Stephen King. Well, actually, it's a novella yep. he wrote called The Body. And so, Stand By Me, 1986. It is uh, a very accurate depiction of 12-year-old boys. I would say in the fifties, I'd say period. Cause dude, I the, the way these kids act and talk. That was me and my buddies at 12, 13 years old. That is straight up little boys right there. Nasty. I was more like the Goonies. So see that proves you grew up in the fifties. 
You were born an old curmudgeon. Wow. Yeah, we got we sat around talking about Annette Funicello's A&E expanding and dropped F-bombs like nobody's tomorrow and tried to get away from Chopper's sick and balls. You, on the other hand, <laughs> apparently were walking around sewers, um, carrying around sticks of dynamite and making racist jokes. So, yeah, okay, you're right, you're right, mm-hmm, you're right. So, on that note, Jason, would you like to throw out the old voicemail phone yeah, number? Give us a call anytime, 206-203-0491, and tell Joel why he's an idiot and doesn't like Clint. Yeah, I know. I'm going gonna, gonna to hear him. I'm going to catch the chill. <laughs> I was okay. on the fence. I was like, God, do I really want to open up this can of words? Yeah, screw right, it. You got to be honest. Got to be real. Got to be real. Okay, yes, That's you can also follow us on Twitter. I am Forgotten Flicks. Jason is Flicks Sidekick. Check out our Facebook page. Please go and like it. It's slowly growing, and we're going to actually be adding a lot more facebook specific content and mm-hmm. maybe doing some fun things over there so please go check it out and like the page uh you can also come to the forgotten website where we have reviews and games and of course the podcast and you can subscribe there as well and i just said did i say itunes no i did not itunes got itunes you may subscribe please leave reviews we love reviews especially when they're nice and five stars mm-hmm. so jason anything else yeah, who who won the spooky the October spooky flicks oh, fest? Oh, oh. Viewers Choice Awards. Oh, I didn't mention that in the last episode. <laughs> no. Oh, spill it. Oh, 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 that's right. It was, and the reason why we didn't do this as a double feature because it was the Monster Squad from 1987. Yes, yeah. the movie that blatantly rips off <laughs> the Goonies, and I acknowledge that, but I find it a hell of a lot more enjoyable. Now, to be fair, as a monster fan and a horror fan i'm sure i've got an inherent bias but it does feature effects by stan winston i find the cast to be uh, and this uh, is, wait another right. one save another it, movie for next time. another movie with a fat kid but he's not just a joke in the movie he serves a purpose besides screaming jason any final parting words i'm very disappointed in you are you really no but i'll get over it okay good <laughs> Just wait till Monster Squad. Sloth? You're gonna live with me now. I'm gonna take care of you. Because I love you. I love you, Joe. Oh, I love you, Sloth.